Turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter number 13. For two days, this past Thursday and Friday, all day long, I stayed, as I told you earlier, in the study along with the Lord. I've never had the Lord deal with my heart about any truth any more than he has this one. In fact, it was such a divine leadership and such a manifestation in my heart that I could, hop, could not leave it alone. I would go to eat and all I could think about was what God was saying and what God was doing. And I knew that it was more than just some services. I preached for two nights on this subject. But I knew it was more than just for those people. I knew it was good for them and God blessed it. And they received it well. But I knew all the time that I was giving it that it was beyond them. And it's for us. And it's even beyond us. But I'm glad that God's interested in what's going on at the Calvary Baptist Church. It still astounds me that the great God of the universe would create such a place as a local church and then grace it with his majesty. I doubt very seriously if President Reagan will ever come here or the Queen of England will ever come, but we got the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And not just the thought of that, but he visits, he lives here. He takes up his abode. This is one of his resting places. One of his abiding places. This is one of his homes here on this earth. And so I'm glad that he's here today. And he can manifest himself and he's blessed us. And you'll see this, I think. But let's look in Genesis chapter 13 as we begin reading with verse number 1. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hay, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also which went with him had flocks and herds and teams. The land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from the other. And Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked, and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated from him, 
Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if any man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and dwelt there and built there an altar unto the Lord. Now let's pray again. Our Heavenly Father, I want to thank you personally for your presence. Thank you for the instruction in your word. What a blessing it has been this past week to dwell in your presence, to be instructed by thy spirit. And now we come to our local assembly. And I want to thank you again. Lord, I'm so appreciative that you have built a place and you have built a work where you have chosen to manifest thy glory. Let thy word be a light into our pathway. Let it guide us in the midnight hour. Lord, we pray that we'll find passages through the Red Seas and the rivers of the Jordan and we'll find passages in the world that are unseen to man. Thank you for the ways of escape in the presence of temptation. And today we pray for divine enlightenment and illumination. Lord, let me say the things that need to be said to our folks. I want to thank you for this church and God what you're doing here in this place. But today, I realize my responsibility as a man of God, that I stand in the presence as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ and as a representative of heaven to say to our folks the things that need to be said. We're facing difficulties in the crossroads of life, and we're facing responsibilities, and yet we're going to face more than we ever have in the days ahead. Father, we need to know today what you have to say to us, So I pray that you'll open the minds of all of us, both parents and young folks. I pray that every child of God will see his responsibility as he faces a world that is filled with wickedness and lawlessness and ungodliness. Father, we need to know who we are and where we're heading for your glory. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll take the scriptures and open them for us as you did the Emmaus disciples. And we'll be very careful to praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I've got two titles for this. And as I told you earlier, I won't take my time with this. I hurried through it in the meeting that I was in and preached a lot of material in two nights. In fact, I preached more, really, than what they could handle. I was, it was so involved. But I knew in my heart that when I came to preach it here to us, that I'll have to preach it to you if it takes me all three months to get it across. Now that does help me in that I don't believe I'll get off of this until I'm through with it. Uh, that doesn't mean I'll do it every service. It just means I'll, one of the services each week I will stay on this subject till we get through with it. Because it is a truth that is imperative for our understanding. Uh, I call it, it has two titles. Number one, it's facing the crossroads of life. There came a time when Abraham and Lot faced the crossroads in life and it was time for them to separate and Lot to go his way and for Abram to go his way. And what happens at the crossroads of life? Now all of us have faced the crossroads sooner or later. 
And all you young folks are going to face a crossroads one of these days. One of these days you're going to have to decide on your own which way you're going to go. And what you'll see, it is one thing to live with Abram. It is one thing to live in the family. But, and it's one thing to live in our families. But one day, young folks, you're going to go on your own. One of these days, you're going to face a crossroads. And you're going to have to decide which way you're going. But I want you to know you need to accept what God's given you now. You need to realize what you have now. The biggest problem with us today is we don't realize what we have in the Lord. But here is a crossroads of life. We'll see Lot as he comes to his and how he faces his crossroads and chose the wrong direction. But then we'll come to Abram and see his crossroads that was created because of Lot's situation and how he chose the right direction. And I want to thank God. Not every person's gone the wrong direction. Some's gone the right direction. But there are some who's going to face the crossroads sooner than others. And there are many crossroads that we're going to face in this life. But the second title is Creators of Your Own Destiny. And whether you realize it or not, the outcome, the end result of your life may be according to the choice and decision you made at the crossroads. That Lot's decision and Abraham's decision as to their destiny, what was going to happen in the future, was determined by the choice they made at the crossroads. First, I want us to go back and ask some questions about Lot. Who was Lot? Take your Bible and look back in chapter number 11. And let's establish the family ties between Abram and Lot. According to verse number 7 of the 11th chapter of Genesis, the scripture says that Terah had three sons, Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldees. So first we find the special connection between Abraham and Lot. Lot is Abraham's nephew. Lot's, or Abraham was Lot's uncle. After his daddy died, Abram becomes responsible. Actually here Terah does and then Terah dies, his daddy and Abram becomes responsible for Lot. Here is an unusual tie. Here is a relative who comes to live in the family of Abram. He was not born unto Abram. He was born unto Haran. But he comes to live in Abram's house after the death of his daddy. In the lineage, Abram and Lot are both in the lineage of Shem. After Noah got off the ark, Abraham, Shem, and Japheth, are he's in the lineage of Shem. So he's in a godly lineage. This speaks of a godly family. Even though he's in Ur of the Chaldees, God appears to him and calls him out of Ur of the Chaldees, according to Hebrews chapter 11. But his daddy's died. Now he lives with Abraham. But there, here's a, a special truth I want you to see. That when Abraham and Lot were tied together. They were tied together in a special family. Now it was a special family in that they had been selected by God. They're not what you consider a worldly family. A little later when you see Lot, Lot lives and grows up in a family that has been selected by God. 
Now, there are many times that young folks don't appreciate that. And let me say that to you young people here today. If your family is saved, and most of ours are in this place, you are a part of a special family. That special family, selected by God, does not live according to the standards and dictates of the world. That special family must live according to the God who owns and controls them. The institution of the home, the organization of the home, the formation of the home is set up by God. And I'm grateful to God that He can take a daddy and save him by His grace. He can take a mother and save her by His grace. He can take young people and relatives and friends and save them by His grace. So here He is tied to Abraham. <coughs> in an unusual relationship created because of the death of his dad. Now second, while we're studying Lot, first, who is he? Second, I want you to see the little phrase, verse number 5 of 13th chapter, where it said, and Lot also went with Abram. Now you see this several times. Look back up in chapter number 12 at verse number 4. And Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot, went with him. Now what you see is the phrase, and Lot went with him. The first verse of the 13th chapter, and Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. Now several things I want you to see by way of introduction this morning. Number one is that Lot grew up in a godly family who had a spiritual lifestyle. Number two, he grew up under the spiritual promises of God. According to verses 1 through 3, the Lord had spoken to Abram and said, Get thee out of thy country. In other words, get out of the world system in which you live over in Ur of the Chaldees and establish your home under my instructions in the place where I want you. You could almost place a local church in this situation that the church comes out and is brought out and established by God for the purpose of performing the spiritual promises of God. Well, here Abraham is under the direct leadership of God as God appeared to him and said to him, Get thee out of the country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Here's a man under personal commission from God. Here's a special family on their way to the land of promise. In essence, that's exactly what we are if we're saved. We're a special family on our way to the land of promise. We're a special church and every church is special in the eyes of the Lord who are on their way to the promised land. But here are the blessings. He said, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So here's a young man by the name of Lot who grew up in a family that was a godly family with a spiritual lifestyle, but it was also a family who lived under and in and by the spiritual promises of God. Then number three, Lot grew up attending worship services. If you look in chapter number 12 at verse number 8, it said, And he removed from thence into a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and high on the east, and there he built it an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. 
And here's the truth. I want you to see the little phrase, and Lot went with him. In the godliness of the lifestyle, Lot went with him. The standards was established by Abraham. The commission was given to Abraham, who is always the head of the family. But Lot went with him. That little phrase just meant that he went along with him. He joined in the lifestyle that he lived. That he lived according to the spirits of promises. He went along with him. And he grew up and attended the worship services with him. So here was Abraham who established his home and established it at Bethel. Now Bethel means the house of God. Abraham was careful to establish an altar just outside of Bethel where he could see Bethel. Well, I want to thank God he built his family in sight of the house of God. Oh, if I have a desire today is to build my family as a special selected family by God, saved by His grace, headed to the land of promise in sight of the house of God. I want to keep Bethel in the right perspective. I want to look at it and live according to the spiritual promises of God. The blessings of that spiritual family were spiritual and were tied to God. That's the reason why if God... If God ever cut us off, which He never will, we don't have any blessings. Because the only blessings and benefits we have come from God. To that special family, the blessings of the world are nothing but dust and ashes. Oh, to the spiritual family, the spiritual benefits of the world are immaterial. And you're in poverty when you have the possessions of the world and don't have the blessings of God. I thank God for the spiritual witness witness of the Lord and I thank Him for the spiritual riches that you're going to see in a moment. But here, Lot went with Him. Everywhere He went, Lot went with Him. He came with Him out of Ur of the Chaldees. He came with Him as He was led in verse number 4. Right after the promises of God, He departed as the Lord had spoken to Him and Lot went with Him. In other words, He lived according to the lifestyle that Abram lived because Abram lived it. He lived according to the lifestyle of his uncle. He went along with the spiritual promises that were given to him. He attended the worship services. He attended Bethel. And somewhere along the way, he got saved. Now you wouldn't call that word for a lot in the Old Testament saved. But I want to refer to it as saved in our connotations. If you read in the New Testament, in 2 Peter chapter 2, there are two statements that are made about Lot. It said that he was a just man, verse number 7. And then it said he was a righteous man and spoke of his righteous soul. Somewhere or the other, in all this going along with Abram, going to Bethel, going to the house of God, hearing the spiritual promises, Lot had a personal experience with the Lord. It might have been at the time when Abram was calling upon the Lord. It might have been a time when they were attending the house of God. It might have been the time when they were going to the altar. And I believe that was where it was. Because Abram built an altar for his family. He knew he had to have a place to worship. And any godly family knows that they've got to have a place to worship. And they must worship the Lord. So here he is. And he is growing up on the leadership of Abram. And he's attending worship services. But not only that, fourth, Lot grew up knowing of the power of God. In chapter number 12 and verse number 17, when they were down in Egypt, the Lord plagued Pharaoh in his house with the great plagues because of Sarai, 
Abram's wife. So he saw what God could do. If there is any desire in our church, I believe it is the desire to see the power of God. You know, here, I believe our children can say the same things that Lot could have said. I believe that our children would say that you go along with our godly lifestyle. You go along with it. Now, I didn't say it was yours. I just said you go along with it. Now, there is a difference in the lifestyle of your parents being your lifestyle. There's a difference in what's being done being yours. There's a difference in going along with it and really being a part of it. Lot went along with Abraham in all that he did. Now, he grew up following Abraham. Everywhere he went, he went. Now, there's one thing you say about this life. It's a simple type of life. He lived in tents. And he took care of his herds. Going from one place to another. It's a simple type of life. It doesn't have the flair of Sodom. It doesn't have the enticements of the world. It's a simple, day-by-day routine, living on the promises, guided by God. And to some folks, they think we're crazy. They say, you don't get anything out of this. It's just according to where you blessings are, where your blessings come from. Well, here in our story, you see Lot going along with it. I like the little word, the little word with. It said Lot went with him. Thank God for this little word. I was, the word means beside him. Beside him. Didn't mean that Abram had to pull him along. Didn't mean he had to force him to go where he went. Old Lot said, Abram, let me walk with you. Where are you going? That's where I'm going to go. Whatever you do, that's what I'm going to do. Means like following me in your footsteps. I remember years ago when David was small. Just a little feather. I was walking in the snow one day going down to the little 7-Eleven store. Boy, the snow was deep. He had on my big boots. I had on a pair and he had on a pair. And I was walking like this, you know, very carefully. And I turned around and looked at him, and he's doing the best he could, trying to pull up old big old boots. And he'd hold his foot up, and he'd aim it. He'd aim that foot. I'll never forget looking at it. He'd aim that foot, and he'd put it right in my track. And he'd pull up that other one. I that He'd put it right in that other track. Every step I made, that's where he made That's what this word meant. It meant that Lot at this time made every step that his uncle did. When I saw that, I just lifted my head up and I said, Lord, let me be the kind of daddy and the kind of guy that David will never be ashamed to walk in his footsteps. And I've tried to live by that ever since. Regardless of what David is or what David will become, I want to be the kind of daddy that he could go along with. And I'll never be known of leading him to the wrong place. I'll never be known of guiding his footsteps where I wouldn't go. And I never want to show up or I'd be ashamed for him to show up. I don't want to do a thing I'd be ashamed for him to do. 
Lot said, Abram, let me go with you. Let me go with you. Of course, he didn't have to ask it. He went along in hell. But don't, don't you think it's amazing that here, three or four times, the Lord says, and Lot went with you. Lot went with you. And it means as an associate, as a part of the family where he belonged. Oh, that helps me. He didn't go along as a servant. He went along with somebody who belonged as an associate in the family. And that's the way I look down at my children, and I know that's the way you look at yours. There's somebody special to us. Being special to us. You're not just a servant, you're an associate. Whatever we do, you do. Whatever affects us, affects you. And you go along with us. And here, Lot went with him as an associate, but it carries the idea in harmony with. Looking at the lifestyle now, everything looks good. It looks great. I mean, beholding it, he went with him. He went with him to Bethel. He went with him to the altar. He went with him under the promises of God and lived according to the lifestyle. I know you get tired, especially you young folks, and you never say it, but I know you must get tired of me saying, now listen, young folks. I was almost get tired of saying it myself. But do you know why I say it? We want you to go along with us. Spiritually. Spiritually. We want you to make every step that we do. Every blessing that God we get, we want you to share in. Everything God leads us to do, we want you to be a part of it. We don't want you left out. We don't want you growing up in the family wondering what's going on. We want to share the promises of God with you. We want to share the blessings of God with you. We want to tell you about the power of God. And we want to tell you how we met along with God out there at the altar. We want to share the spiritual things with you. You say, why? So you'll feel as much a part of the lifestyle as we do. Oh, here he is going along with him. So that what you see is a very selected, special family with a simple lifestyle and lot with a sheltered life. You say, how in the world can you have a sheltered life? If you remember where the scripture said in verse 13 of this 13th chapter, but the men of Sodom were wicked sinners before the Lord exceedingly. When when Lot goes to Sodom, it's his own choice and decision. Abram didn't leave him there. How many times have you ever wondered? Why not you live a sheltered life? My children live a sheltered life. I don't know what they get into when I'm not around. But I know they don't get into anything that I've ever let them into that's wrong. I don't know what they get into. I've tried to help them live a sheltered life. So what do you mean? Ever since they've been born, I've tried to protect them. I'm not just talking about protecting them from the bears and the boogers. Hey, I'm not just talking about trying to protect them physically. I mean, I've tried to perfect, protect them and care for them to keep them out of places and doing things that they shouldn't do. That's perfect. 
things that they don't even know. Things that they don't even understand why we do. To keep them with a sheltered life. In a simple lifestyle. I know later when Lot looks out at Solomon, the well-watered plains, he must feel, look what I've missed out on. Whether Lot realized it or not, to live a sheltered life in which his choices and decisions were made by Abram. He never had to make a choice on his own. Abram would make it. That meant his responsibilities were under control of Abram because he's head of the house. He said, I don't mean anything to me. Let me tell you something, young folks. You'll never know if you get out on your own what it took to be a parent. You'll never know if you get out on your own what it means to have somebody else to buy the food you put on, that we put on the table and buy your clothes. You'll never know till later what it cost just to have you. And I want you to know we don't regret a penny of it. Then every penny we've got and then some if we can. Life. So my parents always trying to keep me from doing this and keep me from doing that. You won't understand that unless you make your choice towards Sodom. When you make your choice towards Sodom, you end up like Lot did. You look back on the shelter, simple, tight, well life, and was under God and had the blessings of Abraham. He said, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying you better see how successful Lot was. He had a simple lifestyle. Part of a selected family and a sheltered life. But praise God, he had a successful life. You say, how in the world can you be successful? Two reasons. Chapter number 13, verse number 2, and Abram was very rich in cattle, silver, and gold. Not only that, look at verse number 5. And Lot had all which went with him. Abram had flocks and herds and tents. You know what that means? The phrase, and went with him, is connected with what he had. He had what he had because of his connection with Abram. You know why you got what you got today? Because your connection with your spiritual family who's trying to provide for you. He didn't know what he had. He didn't realize what he had. He didn't realize where he lived. He didn't realize the blessings of God that was his and how successful he was. I mean, the riches were coming his way and the blessings coming his way. But where were they coming from? Because of his tie with Abram. His tie with Abram. So why are you saying, Bridget? I'm saying this. You better thank God for the tie you've got for God with godly parents. You say, but I don't get anything from this. You may be getting spiritual benefits and riches that you won't realize till later. But you're a successful person when you got the blessings of God. Oh, here a lot is. He learned if he didn't learn anything else, you'd be rich and godly too. He should have learned it. Some people think you've got to have the things of the world in order to be rich. No, you have the things of God and the things of the world God lets you have and be rich both places. Oh, listen. He should have learned that poverty wasn't a sign of spirituality. He is rich and Abram was rich. He said, What are you saying, preacher? What are you learning? 
and learn this. You can go along with another and be in his presence and not participate. He said, what's going to happen a lot? He's fixing to go out on his own and lose everything he's got and ruin his life. That'll be his crossroads. He's going to face the crossroads of life. But there's another illustration. Lot may, but Abram's going to face the same crossroads. But he's going to make the right choice and decision. And I'm going to talk to you about what you're going to do when you face the crossroads. What you going to do when you face the crossroads? You say, well, I'll never face my fish. You will. Sooner or later, every young person in this building is going to face the crossroads of life. What are you going to do? Not what Abram did. Not what your daddy and mother did. But what are you going to do? When daddy and mama brought you to Calvary, they prayed for you at the altar. They live a simple type of life. God teach you life. You live a sheltered life. But what you going to do when you face it? You say, well, I'll never face it. Yes, you will. One of these days, I know my children are going to reach the age. They're going to have to go out for me. Well, i got mixed emotions about that. I really have. I don't want them to go. And then the other part of me doesn't want them to stay when they get to where they got to go. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, something's about to happen between a lot and Abram. Lot just got to go. And I look at that. I know just as well. One of these days, Cindy's going to have to go. David's going to have to go. And Suzanne's going to have to go. And then they're the ones going to create a different lifestyle than Rachel. I mean, we're going to face the cross over what we're going to do with that then. Well, get over to Abram, all right? And I'll tell you what he did. Because I'm going to do just like he did, Lord willing. I'm going to do just like he But now listen. Here, here, here's what I want you to see. Lot participated in all this, but somewhere or the other, he never got in. Did you know what you can do? You know what you can do? We bring you church. Wives, husbands, help we bring you to church, house of God, sing the songs, hire God Paul, and you not get in. Just take it for granted and just go along with it. Or you just float along. Go along with us to church. Go along with us with our standards. Go along with us with our precepts. Go along with us in our rights and wrongs. Just go right along in everything we do and everything we stand for and not get in. That was life. You see what that preaching? Did he know he didn't get in? No, I don't think so. Because he went along with everything that happened. But that's the tragedy. It took a crossroads of life to prove that he didn't get in. 
you know what scared me the most around here? Is that we didn't get it. We honestly didn't get it. I mean, God did it, but yet, when it came time to go out on his own and prove the very principles and promises that had been taught him, he didn't get young folks come to the place where they had to go out. Man, their lifestyle changed and they just went out and everything was different. They didn't get it. Just didn't get it. He said, but it doesn't have to be that way. That's exactly right. I'm going to show you how at the crossroads to make the right choice. And don't tell you you don't have any crossroads. You've got them. I've got them. I've faced them. And I'm going to face them again. You know, it's kind of funny. It's been a long time since I've had a sermon or a series that holds me like this in the past. But it really does concern me. And I say this to my kids. I know you go along with us. And I know this is a simple lifestyle for you. And I know it's a sheltered type of life in which we don't let you do a lot of things in a lot of places. But what concerns me is what you're going to do when you don't know. What you going to do? I can't do anything about that. I don't know, like I said, I, I, I hope they're going to do right. I don't know. But I don't know what you young folks are going to do either. I really don't, but I'll tell you one thing. Sooner or later, every young person in this building is going to face a crossroads. But you're going to have to face it on your own. What you going to do then? You've taken all of what we've done for granted. Have you just let it go in one ear, out the other? Do you do everything you can do not to become a part of what's going on? You know, that would be easy to do. What would be so easy to sit here and hear me preach the promises? Talk about the power of God and you just daydream. Fiddle. Write notes. Talk. And just let it go in one ear, out the other. But I don't know what you're going to do. And you've got to get out on your own. So I'm learning a lesson. Do everything we can so they can get it. But if they don't get it, it won't be our fault. Amen? I believe I could live myself. If I didn't provide the best, it could. I may not can provide the best there is down the well water plains of Georgia. I may not can provide the best there is over against Sodom. But I want to provide the best I can over against Bethel. Over against the house of God. On oh, the spiritual promises of God. Because I don't have any choice. I'm one of those selected families. Just like you are. That lives by the lifestyle of God. 
I can't change that. And once more, I don't want to change that. I got the best life there is. But oh, what a responsibility under God's heaven. The day's coming. The crossroads are coming. But what's going to lead up to it? What's going to be the cause? Something new. Well, these days. Now, listen, I'm closing. I don't know where you They'll reach adulthood. That'll be a cause. They'll get married. That'll be a cause. They'll be old enough. They just want to do their own thing. That'll be a cause. Something somewhere along the way. That's going to be a cause. I'm sure he does. Ever how you turn out, young folks, when you're on your own. Under God's grace, you'll not be able to look back at the Calvary Baptist Church and say, they didn't bring me up right, and they didn't teach me right, and they didn't care for me. We did the best we could. May not be the best. We are far cry from perfect. You may find some people in the world who look better and you may think God it better, but when you look back, we did the best we could. All I'm asking you today is to see the setup of the sermon. And that his family was made up of Abram, who was the head, the godly man with a godly family. A man that could hear from God, fellowship with God, and he had a lot went along with you up to this point. All I ask you to do in this morning's message is this. Would you check in your heart? Young folks, would you check in your heart and us as parents checking ours to see if we're just going along with the scriptures. We're just going along with the church. We're just going along, abiding our time that we get out on our own. Say, but if I am so what? You'll miss the education you need to make the right choice and decision when you come to the crossroads. If you don't learn your lessons on how God operates, learn the voice of God yourself and the dependency on God when it comes to your time. You face it and you will. You will. All those things you take for granted, all those things that you've gone along with won't be sufficient enough to keep you out of the world. You say, what do I need to do, preacher? You need to check out. There's a difference in being in and in on it. Being a participator with it than just going along with it. Lot went along with it. But thank God, at this particular time, everything looks good. And what I'm saying, with this I close, I'm not getting on to you I don't know whether you're going along with it or really part of it as young folks. I'm just saying this. At this particular time, by all appearances, he looked like he had it made. He looked like everything was and he did. But he didn't know later when he faced the crossroads of life and created his own destiny. It was not that way he didn't get it. So I asked him, are we part? Or we just go along with it? Let's pray. Father, I can't tell you 
because you already know what this means to me today. Well, I haven't had anything I don't believe in years. It's been as much to me as this has. Lord, I've had a lot of things that's blessed me and a lot of truths that I've just shined all over the place over. But this blessing's so deep, I don't even know how to shadow it. This is getting down where we live. Oh, God, thank you for what you're going to do for our folks and our young folks. I want to thank you for my own young folks. Thank you, Cindy, David, and Suzanne. I know they're not perfect. Lord, their daddy's not perfect and their mama's not perfect. But we sure are trying to bring them up in your lifestyle, under your leadership. See the power of God. We're bringing them to worship service and teaching them how to go to the altar. Teach them how to use the altar. Teach them how to be in fellowship with us. Because, Lord, they're part of us. And not just a servant in our home. Oh, how you graced our home with them. What a blessing they've been to us. And still are. And Lord, we've stood them right beside us. We said, go along with us. We've shared with them the spiritual benefits and blessings of God and promises of God. We haven't treated them with slaves. We haven't put them in bondage. We've loved them. Lord, I pray they won't see it as bondage. They won't see it as slavery. But they'll see that we've loved them. We've poured our hearts and lives into them as a spiritual family of God living by the promises of God. Getting them ready for the future. Ready for the day when they walk out into the crossroads of life and stand there and face as a future as a young man or a young lady. Then must go that way alone. Lord, God, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us to provide the best we can. Getting ready for that. Lord, in the next session, we'll see what to do at the crossroads. But thank you for the day. Thank you for what it means for your glory. In Jesus' name.